Welcome back to Survivor Worldwide. We are joined today by some Survivor royalty. Obviously, uh, very few people get to play the game of Survivor. I think it's 600 plus in the US, uh, less than what, less than 40 in New Zealand, uh, only about 100 in Australia. Uh, but even fewer get the chance to carry the title home, win the title of Soul Survivor and win it all. And today we are very fortunate to be joined by one of those people who have won the greatest game of all. It is the lovely Lisa Stanger from Survivor New Zealand, Thailand. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's great to have you on. And as I was saying to you before the show, I think you're the second Survivor New Zealand castaway we've had on the show. We had Dylan on uh, for Survivor South Africa last year. And really, really glad to hear your insights on this one, because obviously as a winner, you have a much better handle on the game as to the people who unfortunately haven't won the game. Um, and you were also a very ruthless player um, when you did play on your first season. What have your thoughts been on this season so far? Obviously, blood versus water complicates it a little bit. Yeah, um, it's long. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. so many episodes. Australian reality TV. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was listening last week and you were saying like MasterChef is like, I don't know, 100 uh, and something episodes. Yeah, MasterChef I think has 13 weeks um, for five episodes each. So, yeah, if you do the maths on that, it ends up to be like 70, 65, I guess. I, I can't yeah. do maths in my head. Uh, 65 if it's 13 times 5. But uh, Australian reality TV is ridiculous. But you, mm -hmm. you've managed to catch up and you're yeah. you're all caught up to date <laughs> I now. I've managed to catch up. Um, okay, what are my things? Um, yep, I like Blood versus Water. Um, you know, some frustrations with the season as a viewer. But, um, yeah, I love the cinematic quality of Australian Survivor. I mm. love, like, the soundtrack, the effort they put into the challenges, although where are the puzzles? Um, yeah, so, you know, like, pluses and minuses. But I'm not an Australian Survivor expert because there's a few seasons I haven't seen. I've only seen a few. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I don't know, I'm not best placed to, you know, talk about the status of the Australian Survivor picture or whatever. But, I don't know, that's mm. just my ideas. So far? Yeah, you, you did mention there's been few puzzles this season. I think there was only really the the one puzzle, which was when they had the um the the rope that they had to pull and then try and balance the little um little diamond triangle puzzle. I think it was, but other than that, I mean, you, you can't really call that a puzzle at the end of the day. It's more dexterity. Um, yeah, it, it is a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that the like so was it the puzzle and Jonathan did it like he they released a video of him doing it before the episode. I think that um, was, yeah. it, it might have been, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the same puzzle when you've got to hold the rope and uh, yeah, if the bucket correct. isn't full of water, it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they, and, and so, they had the slide puzzle, yeah. The yeah. Lego puzzle, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so um, the one, so Jonathan did this video of it and I, all the pieces were in order. And I was like, oh, that just must be because, so he can do a quick video. But then mm. I watched the episode and I was like, oh, no, like, this is not a puzzle. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so frustrated, man. I, I don't know. I would be very frustrated if I was on. It, it makes me think. Yeah, if I was ever on Australian Survivor, I don't think my puzzle skills would help me out. I mean, you know, Nick can attest to that probably. So yeah, yeah well, I, I I spoke with Andy. Obviously, he was the first boot of this season, um, and he's known for his his puzzle prowess. I spoke with Andy and Kate as well, who were both puzzle masters, um, and I think they were very disappointed not to get the chance to do puzzles. But I mean, I, I keep saying, hopefully, we get a puzzle in the next episode or the next episode after that. But uh, you never really know with Australian Survivor. Uh, I mean, it sort of seems like you do know, and the answer is you're not getting a puzzle. 
Puzzles, well, tough life. <laughs> like yeah, that, it, that, that is unfortunate. But certainly one of the things Australian Survivor like to do well um, is the car giveaway, which was obviously the first episode this week. We saw the Isuzu D-Max up for grabs. Um, obviously a, a nice thing to drive away with. Uh, the title of Soul Survivor would be nicer. Um, Elisa, I'm sure you're aware of the car curse in the game of Survivor. Um, we saw it many times throughout, obviously, Boston Robin, Survivor All-Stars, Colby Donaldson in Survivor the Australian Outback, and, and many more throughout the history of, uh, of Survivor worldwide. Um, Geordie won this first challenge of the week to win the Asuzu D-Max, which he was very excited by. Um, Geordie has been such a great challenge piece this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, the car curse, I think the people that you mentioned, like, um, yep, they all lost the game, but none of them lost because they won the car. Yeah. You know, yeah. and well, Geordie Cindy did Hall. not get... Cindy Hall. Yeah, um, Cindy Hall, I've got a if you recall that one. That was all due to the car, but it, it is a bit of an unfortunate been The winner of Survivor Guatemala, had she not won the car, though, honestly, in your heart of hearts? Yeah, it, it, it's always hard to say. Um, um, but I, I think it, do, it does play a bit. But is that hard to say that Cindy probably wouldn't have won Survivor Guatemala, regardless? But I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Jordy's certainly been doing well in the challenges, which is good for him because mm. you have to have something you're good at in Survivor and challenges might be his thing. That's right. That's right. Well, it, it seems like he's good at the challenges, but certainly and, and good at recognising who has the idols, um, but but not good at the social well, game, it told, seems. Not, not good at convincing. When he's told, when he's told about told. them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, not, that, not too much right. valour there for people telling you someone has an idol. That's yeah. Yeah. not really a really um, but. Yeah, we, we saw, obviously, Geordie outlasted Mark in that reward challenge, um, and he got to take three people with him to the mm -hmm. Survivor Cinema um, on a trip to, to the Outback, uh, picking Jordan, David, and Michelle to join him. Uh, they're obviously blood first water. We've never really seen in the past them get family visits or videos from home. Um, obviously, 48 days in Australian Survivor, you would be missing your family, but we did see... Um, each of the four remaining members in the game get a nice message from home, which is always great to see, um, you know, despite even the fact that Geordie lost Jesse and Jordan still had Josh in the game. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly nice to see um, them get messages from home in the Survivor Cinema. Yeah, yeah, really nice. I actually, um, I was on the team that won that challenge in New Zealand Survivor mm -hmm. and I got a video message from home. Similar thing, they said we were watching a movie, but then they put up videos of our loved ones. And yeah, it's a... Like, really, Survivor bucket list moment. Um, and, you know, New Zealand Survivor is just, you know, a, a week or so compared to Australian <laughs> Survivor. So I can't imagine how much they're missing their family. Um, it was cool to see um, Brianna? Brianna. Yeah, Brianna, yeah. Yep. Brianna, yeah. It was very cool to see Brianna. Um, yeah. No, it was, yep, nice, nice reward. And, yeah, it was nice. Um. Difficult to know who to choose. Um, I liked his move of choosing Dave. Yeah. That's a real mm. good cop-out move, just choosing the person who did really well on the challenge. Um, yeah. And then it's, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, jo it's Jordan came not winning yeah. things to be able to not have to choose those people. Well, we, we saw that in Survivor Ghost Island with Wendell Holland, um, if you recall that, when he won the family visit and then decided to basically unwin the reward and and go to Ghost Island himself. Mm -hmm. um, it, it always is a, a, a peculiar predicament to try and pick those people. How hard is it to, you know, try and pick people to to go on rewards with you and obviously leave people out back at camp? And obviously it gives them the, the opportunity to strategize as well. It, it's always a risk to take. 
Yeah, I imagine it's really difficult. You know, I was never in a position to do it because I never, mm. you really want to, <laughs> apart, from, apart from the main thing. But um, yeah, definitely a, a poison chalice. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, Geordie was in a bad position no matter what yeah. he did. So it's like, well, you know, he, he chose some people that he, you know, thought he could maybe make inroads with, but seems like he didn't in the short term at least. Yeah, that's right. I, I think for Geordie it's been very hard for him to try and get people to believe him at this point, uh, especially after um, what happened with Jesse going home and just the fact that he's been such a brash player um, and really the only person that's actually speaking out against Mark and Sam um, in fact, probably the only person that's really playing the game outside of Mark and Sam at this point. Um, I, I think it, I think Geordie has had an uphill battle really to try to convince the others that, uh, that there are bigger threats out there and especially this, these singles can actually band against the couples and, and try and get people out. Uh, do you find it a little bit frustrating that people aren't willing to make big moves at this point in the game or it, it's, it's always hard to have that conservative gameplay versus some people that want to play aggressive? Yeah, well, the thing is, everyone who is still sticking with this tight group thinks they've got the way to the top of the tight group, mm. you know, and, and they must be very sure to be still sticking in. I mean, you know, there's a variety of reasons people stick with alliances, but I mean, surely at like season, what was it, season six of Australian Survivor? Yep. Season eight uh, of Australian Survivor, if you include the old one. Oh, okay, yeah, this, this would be season... Season nine, I think, would be including. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so time like flies be, by. Yeah. So you'd be thinking that people, you know, would be thinking about getting to the end. Um. You know, but there is a variety of reasons. Um. People might want to stay with things. Um. Uh. Sorry, I'm blathering a bit. What was your question? Um. About uh, oh, I'm frustrated the, that people yeah. aren't making a move. No. Well, I mean, I think yeah. it speaks to the relationships that Geordie's built up to this point. You know, yeah. I mean, if you don't have the relationships with people that you can say to them, hey, this person's got an idol and they believe you, that's on you. That's right. And I think you could say a similar thing for a lot of the singles as well. Um, we, we've obviously seen KJ, Mel and Michelle at the beginning of the merge when they tried to make moves against Josh. Neither of them were really heard. Um, and I think what has been a bit of a downfall this season, especially being blood versus water, is people who've really prioritised those blood relationships over making inroads with others, which I think is something that Mark and Sam have done a really good job at trying to gain a good relationship with all these players in the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like others have sort of fallen down by the wayside and relied so heavily on their partner in the game that they haven't really made those inroads and, and tried to create those social connections. Um, I think that might be a reason why we're seeing this lack of big moves because no one, as you said, Geordie doesn't have that social capital in the game. And I don't think any of these singles do either. Yeah, what would be what would be your example of someone of a couple that's just sort of based on their, you know, focusing on their blood water to the expense of their other connect, of their blood water, their blood connection to the expense well, of, yeah, yeah. Who have you got I, in mind think, when you're saying that? I think, I think what we saw with with Benny and Shay in particular, uh, when Benny was swapped onto the other tribe, obviously, I, I feel like Shay was very locked into that. Uh, obviously, at, at the time, mm. she was on the outside of her tribe. Um, but yeah. then again, you know, she also was sort of speaking out against her potential allies, trying to save um, her her partner in the game when really the writing was on the wall. And it's, it, it is a peculiar um, peculiar position to be in in the game, obviously, because in the game of Survivor, you're putting yourself forward first. Um, yeah. And I think in Blood vs. Water, obviously, it does complicate things. It, it muddies the water. 
um, I mean, hence the name Blood vs. Water, uh, in trying <laughs> to maintain both of these relationships. And w- would you ever play Blood vs. Water? Because it, it does make it very, very difficult to try and maneuver your way and, and actually take the path that best suits you, really. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. It, um, I, I'm very careful to keep my... Well, oh, this is tricky. I, I have been very careful. When I, when I played Survivor, mm. I was like a very different person, very different mindset. And it was quite easy for me to keep it sort of, you know, business and personal. And, yeah, but now I don't think I would approach it in quite the same way. Well, I wouldn't. I I don't think I could sort of just switch off that anymore. Yeah. And so I think if if I was out there with like a friend or a loved one or, oh, gosh, I don't even, I think I would really struggle in a way that people might not expect me to struggle because, oh, yeah, Lisa, like she's ruthless, she's strategic, you know, she'll cut you. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I would anymore. I might just, you know, I might actually live up to that mum archetype of just being like the crying, the crying mum who's like, oh, but I just love everyone. Oh, just vote yeah. me out, dear. It's okay. Like, oh, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I think it's, Sandra it's two very was. very different things to incorporate. Yeah, I, I think Sandra was very, um, not, not so much similar in that she would be so passive and, and you know, not play an aggressive game. But I, I feel like Sandra was similar in this season, wanting Nina to succeed over herself. Um, obviously, I think that that desire to wear that crown again was still there. Um, but certainly it, it did seem like she was sort of passing on the torch. And I, I, I do think that's well, similar. I, we, saw with da- we saw with David early on when, when Brianna was cut out of the game, he sort of grappled with where he stood going forward, given that it was really Brianna's journey uh, and she was the massive fan as well. Yeah, I think with the way that past winners have been treated in Australian Survivor, the mm. way that American players have been treated in Australian Survivor, the way returning players have been treated in Australia, like, I mean, Sandra knows she's not winning Australian Survivor. So yeah. I don't think she's, you know, doing a particularly, I don't think it's really a choice for her to be trying to support Nina. I think it's, that's, that's the only road for her because she's not going far and she's not going to win. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, she didn't go far in the game because she was sniped by her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Geordie was obviously one of those players that was making those moves early on. And I, I think Geordie and Jesse have really been those prolonged players who have actually managed to survive despite having a massive target put in their back. Um, and perhaps a lot of that may come down to their strength in challenges. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Geordie win, I think it was five consecutive challenges. I think this might have been his fifth consecutive challenge win, um, wow. the Asuzu D-Max challenge. Um, yeah. which is a very impressive streak to go on, especially when the target has been up against him really since the merge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, when people are like, when, when I'm always really cautious when the TV is presenting people as big players, Yeah. you know, and it's like, and but they're still around and no one's saying, hey, you know, why should we get rid of these big players? Mm, I don't know. It's just, you don't. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. I, I find, especially with Australian Survivor, it is hard to read the edit. Um, mm. I mean, it, there, there are obviously those overwhelmingly positive portrayals um, who we get basically all the airtime devoted to. Um, and then again, as we've seen with you know Michelle and KJ, um, David as well, we haven't really seen much of them, so we don't really know what they're doing in the game, which I think is a downfall and, and something that would be good to actually get their perspective and um, and their desires to, to make moves. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating as a viewer. And you can't, you know, Survivor at its best is a bit like a murder mystery. You know, the author mm. gives you, the editors or the author give you enough information. And then when you get to the end and the person wins, 
you go, oh, I see this story and it makes sense. And Australian yeah. Survivor, in my experience so far, hasn't really done that. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what sort of book it's like. It's like a children's picture book. This is David. <laughs> David's really yeah. good at Survivor. David wants to win Survivor. David won Survivor. Like, there's no, yeah. It's like a children's picture book written at the level of children who can't have twists in the narrative because they don't understand it. But it's like, I think we could yeah. probably understand it and it would help yeah. our overall understanding of the show if you understood what, like, there, there's a reason, Michelle and KJ and Dave and Chrissy, there's a reason they're sticking with these people. And maybe that reason isn't strategic. Maybe, you know, they just don't know what they're doing or maybe they, they remind them of someone or they've built a really strong relationship, whatever. It's engaging and it's important and we're just not getting it. And it's like very unsatisfying. Yeah, I, I really do like that analogy of Australian Survivor being like a children's book. And I, I wish Australian Survivor editing was similar to US Survivor or Survivor South Africa. I'm not sure if you watched the most recent season of Survivor South Africa, but that was mm -hmm. a real... Um, a, a real yeah. big red herring at the end um, as to who would win. And, of course, with the US Survivor, um, Survivor 41 in particular, that edit was very whodunit murder mystery um, type, as you mentioned there. But, yeah, Australian Survivor loves to be brush with the editing and show off the big players. And it is unfortunately we don't get to see the perspectives of players like David and Michelle, but certainly Mark and Sam at this point in the game. And we've, we've only really seen the game through their eyes. But they've done a great job at manoeuvring the game socially and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to keep these people like David, Chrissy, um, in their alliance, despite them time and time again getting offers from the other side to come over to the dark side and, you know, try and work against this active power couple in the game. Yeah. Um, there was a scene in the latest episode when, uh, so uh, Mark and Sam and Jordan and Jordan and Josh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's J names. Too many J anyway. names. Yeah. 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 I was about to say like Jordan and Jesse. I'm like, no, it's not right. Um, and um, the, the four of them were talking about who they were going to um, vote out. And um, Chrissy like walks up and she's like, okay, so who are we voting out? And it's just like, that, like they're going to vote out another single. And then after that yeah. person and after that person, like it's probably, oh, okay, well, I don't think it's going to be here. I think they're going to try and take her to the end. But still it's just like the writing's on the wall like but we're just not getting enough of the story to really know so you so you yeah. can't say you can't say oh Chrissy's so silly for not making a move or whatever because during my season people were saying oh Lisa's so stupid for, like right at the start Lisa oh she's clearly on the bottom of can cow why isn't she making a move it's like ah oh, because I wasn't on the bottom oh she's mm -hmm. clearly on the bottom of this why isn't she making a move um because I was never on the bottom you know oh she doesn't have a plan she's gonna lose. like no I've definitely got a plan and I'm not gonna lose. you know but at least in my show, it made it look made me look like they put hints in there. They yeah. showed my confessional saying, "Oh, this is my plan. This is what I'm trying to do." But yeah, an Australian survivor, they do not. And Chrissy and Dave and Kate, everyone's just like left to hang out to dry at the expense of like glorifying the players that I don't know. Australian survivor thinks are the I don't even know what the best survivors, the TV, yeah. the people they're going to like want to put on celebrity master chef later like i'm not sure so i know yeah. it's just getting really ranty i just <laughs> it's my main takeaway honestly like, honestly lisa a, a lot of our yeah a lot of our podcasts toward the end especially of of our of our podcast we usually do like to go on rants about the edit and and people <laughs> getting purple and it's just been ridiculous this season um that uh we, we had gerald on last week and obviously gerald in his season was he, he got a very heavy purple edit um yeah, and 
it, it just seeing people like Mel and Michelle get, I think Mel got 13 straight episodes before she got a confessional, which is just ridiculous. Like it's, you, you'd think you, you go out, you go out to the outback and, and put your life on hold for 48 days and you get nothing to show for it. It, it is disappointing. Um, but as you say, I'm not sure what it is they, you know, I'm not sure why they like to give three players the majority of the airtime. It's it's really disappointing to see that, you know, those those minority characters who might not play as big a role in the overall story, but at least they're still there for, you know, the final nine now. We have a lot of players who still haven't got much airtime. Chris, uh, sorry, David and Michelle are still there. Michelle's gone. David, Michelle and KJ at the final 10, really not getting much airtime, which is disappointing to see. But, yeah, we, we, we do like to rant about it because... It is disappointing that Australian Survivor doesn't give those stories. And I think your your analogy of Australian Survivor being like a picture book is very accurate because, you know, I, I think they do like to dumb down things on Australian reality television, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate when we have a, a massive game like Survivor, which, as we know, it has so much strategy to discuss. Um, of course, we're sitting here on a podcast discussing the episodes now. Um, there's so many people who like to look at the edit and dissect things and, and look at every player's best move in the in the game to move forward. Um, mm. And it's hard when we don't see any of that at all. No, no. It's uh, like, and the dumbing down is, is, is unnecessary. Like, I don't know, Australian Survivor is already so, it's so challenge-based. It's so physical. Mm. There's so many people on there who are just all about honour and mateship and like all that crap. And that, oh, it already, oh, it already, I don't know, you don't need to dumb it down even more, I don't think. Yeah, but, um, think- yeah, um, but just to go back to something you said about the edit, um, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, maybe this is easy for me to say because I won, and like, I don't know, people, other people might be listening to this and being like, well, of course you think that because you won. But there were things that I wish they'd put on the show and they hadn't, and, you know, there were episodes when I wasn't in it very much or whatever, and um. I've sort of, I've almost like forgotten now what was on TV and what wasn't because it is yeah. such a life-changing experience and that's the stuff that really sticks with you and, and so much of the good stuff doesn't even go on TV and like I'll never forget all of that stuff and so I guess if you're not trying to, I don't know, build a career in the public eye or really want to get more Instagram followers or whatever, I mean like, yeah, it's it's disappointing but it's still... Yeah, I don't know. You said that, you know, they go to the Outback for 48 days and they've got sort of nothing to show for it. And that's not the case at all. You know, you've got a lot to show for it. It's just it's hard to explain it to your friends and your family when you don't Mm. have, like, the footage. But even when you do have the footage, it's still a very hard experience to explain to people. Like, you know, I'd watch that every week and with, you know, my friends and my family and things. And I'm just trying to explain to them what it was like or, like, the context around the little bit they showed on TV or what they cut out and how they put those two things together to make it seem like this. And it's just, you know, the TV version is like, it shows what happened, but it's it's like a funhouse mirror version of what happened. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, even people who don't really get shown on Survivor, they still have all of that, that whole like totally different, amazing life experience over all those days with all those relationships like inside them that will never... That, that'll never like go away or doesn't matter that you didn't have footage of that or whatever. Absolutely. Again, no. I'm probably just being an obnoxious winner. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think every player obviously has those moments that 
you know, are so special to them in the game and probably the most memorable experience in the island that just are never shown. Um, and some some of those moments aren't captioned on cameras, other others are, and they just don't ultimately fit the overall story arc. But no, you, you're right. I'm not saying that they get no experience from from the show and they and they have nothing to show for it. But it is disappointing, um, you yeah. know, not to see yourself on TV at the end of the day, especially when you you know you you go out here um, and you want your family to see what you've gone through and to understand that struggle. Um, yeah. But you know they they can't see it on TV at the end of the day. Um, it, it is unfortunate, but you know, I, I just hope in the future that the edit is a little bit more level and, and hopefully we do see that. But the, the majority of this week, um, while we ultimately didn't see anything really happen at all, which is very unfortunate and, <laughs> yeah. and very symptomatic of Australian Survivor, um, the, the, the crux of the, this week was really Geordie trying to pin the boats on Mark and Sam and trying his, his hardest to flush this idol. Um, but it, it really did feel like for Geordie, he was just banging his head against a brick wall for the whole mm -hmm. week and he couldn't yeah. really get anyone through um despite i mean in the last episode where shay went home we saw that david or at least the edit showed that david was starting to become a little bit skeptical of of sam and how paranoid she was beginning to become about this idol and potentially um votes coming up against her um and i think we saw some of those seeds start to be sown but ultimately none of them came to fruition in, in, in any of these episodes this week because mm -hmm. As as we discussed before, I think ultimately it came down to the fact that Geordie just couldn't be trusted because he is playing such an aggressive game. Um, and we've seen him, you know, be one of the driving forces to get rid of Sandra and be one of the driving forces to throw out the fact that Mark has an idol um, and Jesse gave his his idol to Sam and all these big Cumbria statements. Uh, I did say to Gerald last week, it's almost like he's the boy who cried wolf and yeah. no one is believing him at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very true. Um, a scene that really struck with me, stuck with me, was when they were in purgatory and they're just about to go back to do the, the final jewel or whatever. Mm. And um, I wrote it down. Um, Geordie's like, just like, because Geordie's pretty, um, he, I don't know, he's not like me. He's quite sort of polished. And when yeah. he's talking to people, you can sort of see he's like trying to communicate and he's really communicating. It's all good. But then when they were just about to leave, I think I saw like a bit of his like just really like sort of, in a in itself and he just goes okay well whatever we do like please just don't go back to them please yeah. i was just like yes i feel you so much like if yeah. i had the technology i would make like a gif of that moment with him just saying like please just don't why why is this happening and yeah i really really felt for him in that moment he just really does yeah. not want them to go back and that just must be a survivor nightmare like I, it reminds me of um like Nick and Harry on All Stars, and um and Shawnee, but I can't remember when. I can't remember exactly when this happened, but they're just like, we need to flip. Let's flip. Can we flip? Yeah. Please flip. Why is no one flipping? <laughs> and like, just no one flips and no one flips and no one flips. And then Dave yeah. just wins. And it's just like, just a nightmare. Just you, you know. Like I've had I've had literal nightmares since I've been back, of being on Survivor and being in a situation like that and being like, look, please, just make a move, make a move, make a move, and people don't. And Geordie's just just in that situation, and it must suck so much. Yeah, it's a little bit like Survivor Groundhog Day, obviously trying to, to make something happen and then nothing happening and then waking up the next day and trying to make something happen, you know, trying to do little things different so you wake up 
and you know everything is back mm-hmm. to normal. Um, yeah. Reminds me, like, reminds me it, a little bit of Redemption Island with Matt Elrod, um, you know, trying to get rid of Boston oh, Rob. He returns yeah. from Redemption Island and then goes straight back to Redemption Island again. It's just a circle. It just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, and Jordan must be like, okay, well now these people have literally been voted out. So surely, surely they believe me. Come on, guys, we've got to stay strong. It's like having a friend who's in like a bad relationship or something and you're like, no, don't, don't text him. Don't go back to him. Don't do it, you know, but there's just these drives. You don't understand why people are doing things. And if you don't understand why people are doing what they're doing, like you won't be able to connect to them and make a change. Yeah, and that's uh, actually Gerald, when I was talking to him last week, he said, playing survivor is a bit like an abusive relationship you as soon as you get out of the relationship you just want to come straight back um to what you know despite the fact that they you know obviously um you're starving for 48 days you Uh experience so much torment so much stress and i do think this is going to be similar for um for shay and kj they'll come back into the game and see that Really, it, it, it is the same as what it was before. Mark and Sam were in control with, with Josh and Jordan as their sidekicks. But I, I do worry that they will be scared to make big moves. And uh, Swap Nanu Basaroy here in the chat saying, I think the coming back of three players, especially the players who were on the outs, could be dangerous for Mark and Sam. But honestly, Lisa, I, I'm not sure that Shay and KJ will be willing to make those big moves to get rid of Mark and Sam. I think Mark and Sam will be jumping for joy because they're not going to make moves, it looks like. Nah, they certainly will. They said, didn't you hear those promos? KJ was like, look, up until now, I haven't been, I've just been taking it easy. But now, <laughs> now that I've been voted out, I, I'm going to do something. I'm like, well, yeah. you go. I hope you do. I just, yeah, it, I, surely. Yeah. I mean, this would be like, I don't know. What's the, um, oh, I can't remember the name. Was it Sean who was, um, went right to the end with David and All Stars? Yep, yep, Sean. Yeah, because she, yeah, Sean at the final, I think it was the final six with the, um, when they all wanted to go to Rocks, she said, oh, I'm going to flip to your side. I, I really want to work with you guys. Um, yeah. In, in my was- mind, stupid, just go to Rocks because you don't know that Sean's going to work with you. Um, but then she never made the move to, to yeah. go away from David. So this would be like th- that level of just keeping the status quo to the sacrifice yeah. of your own game if they do not make a move. Like, I- yeah, I mean, this whole idea of, I mean, bringing back players, I don't like it. Like, you know, I'm very, I'm survivor purist. Okay, but, but bring back players if you want to. But bringing back three players at final yeah. final seven, final six, that is, like, how do you plan for that? You know, like any, any yeah. move that happens after you execute a vote, like whether it's, a, it's a, oh, actually, it's a tribe swap or it's this or... I hate it. And luckily in Survivor New Zealand, that never happened. Like we did votes, we tricked people, we got them out, and then we never had to deal with them again into the jury. Like, oh, yeah. it's very, yeah, very I, difficult. I, I found with this season especially, and I know that people love to hate on Redemption Island, and honestly, I'm, I'm one of those that doesn't like Redemption Island. But Australian Survivor gets into this tricky situation where they need these extra episodes to fulfill their 24-episode requirement. Um, so they have to throw in all these silly twists, which frustrate all of us fans. And I almost felt like this would have been a good season to add in Redemption Island because it does add in, what, two extra votes and it makes it somewhat fair. Um, but then again, I, I think like you, Survivor 
at its purest form, you vote someone out and they're gone off the island. You don't get someone like Chris Underwood or Natalie Anderson that returns with four days left in the game and they go to final tribal council. Because yeah. it's not it's not fair when you're starving out there for 39 days and you're doing your all to try and maintain, you know, your position in the game and, and getting rid of someone and then all of a sudden they come back. It's, it is a little bit silly. That's, I mean, the, the, the art of Survivor is being able to get people out in a way mm-hmm. that only the person that you got out has made like has that important bit of knowledge that could really screw you or yep. has has is angry at you like being able to maneuver that and then as soon as you start bringing in people after that vote it, it just loses something for me but also i think it would just be really hard <laughs> really, yeah. really well, hard. well even even then the art of survivor is getting rid of people and having them not resent you when it comes to the jury um because that, that that's the ultimate ultimate aim of the game is to get the votes um yeah yeah which is obviously what helped you in the end um is having those good relationships in the game um but i think mark and sam mark and sam have done a very good job at maintaining those social relationships because i feel like they've got a good stranglehold on the jury and a lot of people respect the game they're playing at this point yeah i mean i think that's really going to change once they find out that sam was lying about the idol i i'm I'm really of two minds on that decision because yes, if people know her and Mark both have an idol, it's a really big threat on them. And that mm. was a you know really brutal move to pull on Jesse. But when people find out, oh, and like the closer to the end that people find out, oh, you know, yeah. like you're, if you're sending people to the jury who just found out like at that tribal council that they went home oh actually this was a big lie the whole time oh i can't imagine them being in yeah. the you know what are they going to say when they get there you know when, when right. i when i voted out matt he didn't get there and say lisa's a liar who's been lying to me the whole time she swore to me but he was just like wow like she good game you know she she actually mm. you know he like he like supported me and i I don't know. I don't know. Like you can't play that game of honor and then do this. Uh, I think yeah. it's gonna. I don't think they're shaping the narrative quite right. But who knows? Who yeah, knows? I, I certainly don't think Sam. Yeah, I think Sam will face a lot of resentment from the jury. Um, and what we've seen, especially the the move against Khan, I think Khan has probably gotten over that bitterness at this point. Um, but you're right. Taking the idol, I, I wouldn't say she stole the idol from Jesse because Jesse really gave the idol to her. Um, but then voting him out in the next episode. But you, you're right, not owning up to that and letting your closest alliance members into that, um, I think could be something that, you know, sort of sours the jury if she does make it to final tribal council. Um, I think Sam, certainly out of the two, um, is is probably the least well-positioned in the game. Mark certainly seems to have taken an approach where he's running the game, but he's really not making any emotional moves at this point because I think Sam is actually taking a lot of the emotional brunt for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it seems like Sam Sam has those stronger relationships with everyone, um, and Mark is this trusted person that everyone wants to go along with, um, and he almost seems like someone that intimidates them and they don't want to go against him because they have this yeah. strong relationship with Sam. I was just going to say, I don't know if he like everyone wants to go along with him. I think he just seems like he's in such a good position. People mm. are afraid to to pull up against him. Yeah, Sam is definitely being the like kettle catcher on the front of the Mark train at the moment. And I think that's a real, real big pity. I would have loved to see her come back on a non-blood versus water season because, yeah, yeah the alliances and the relationship she built pre-merge 
seemed, you know, pretty pretty cool to me. Yeah, that's right. And I think Sam did a great job and Mark as well did a great job pre-merge. We saw him obviously all the way back to that first episode where Andy put the target on his back as a returning player and Mark sort of stepped back, let him take all the heat um, and take on the role of leader and went with Nina and said, well, look, we need to be, you know, low-key, keep the target off us for now, um, try and make some strong social relationships and hopefully that puts us in good standing and that target ultimately shifts away from us. So I think Mark's done a good job in that sense. Um, but you're right, I think Sam, as you call her, the, the, the cattle catcher at this point, she's the one that's bringing in everyone to the vote and trying to, you know, make sure those good, good social bonds are there. Um, I think she's doing a, a a mixed job of that. I, I think it is a mixed bag because of she's, li she's lying to people's face, um, but like also keeping them in. Imminently lying well. to their face as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like vehemently. And it's like, yeah, that might sell the lie, but then, I don't know, that, I think that hurts. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so, like it's a game, but it's still a personal thing. And, yeah, it, I don't know. I've already said what I think. When you're playing a game that's really relying on being honest and sticking with an alliance, it's very tricky to flip it to then be like, oh, just joking. Actually, I'm really brutal and you should reward me for that. It's like, Ooh. Yeah. I, I, don't know. I mean, it's a hard it, it comes back. Yeah, it comes back to Boston Rob and Amber in Survivor All-Stars. Obviously, we saw that then where Boston Rob cut Lex um, and then cut Tom and then cut Rupert and then cut Alicia and then cut Jenna. Um, I think you could almost say Rob and Amber are the Mark. Mark and Sam are the Rob and Amber of this season, except it's in the reverse. And Mark is almost the Amber who's the one that everyone likes because he's not cutting throats. Um, but obviously, mm -hmm. he, he's the one that is playing more of that Boston Rob role in terms of the intimidation and no one to go against him, but Sam is the one that's really executing the moves. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like Sam's agency certainly seems to have decreased since, you know, they were since the merge. Um, yeah, mm. I don't know. It's hard to tell. And it just, yeah, with this lack of edit information, you you don't really know what everyone else's plans are. And I really want to know. Yeah, I, I think we do want to know. And Tioni argue here in the chat, um, they say next vote has to be 5-4 with Juicy and Chrissy flipping right to get one of the pairings out, either Josh or Jordan. They wouldn't risk getting Mark or Sam next vote, surely. Um, I think it's going to be, it's an interesting position to be in with three players returning who are voted out. We've also got two pairs in Josh and Jordan and Mark and Sam. And I think... I'm not sure they can make a move and get Geordie on their side at this point to get rid of one of those couples because I think Josh and Jordan ultimately see Geordie as being too big of a threat and they don't want to remove that meat shield at this point in the game, knowing that Geordie is someone that will try and expose those um, blood relationships and, and try and fracture those. I think almost in this situation, it's best for both couples really to get rid of Geordie first Um and try and windle down the singles. It's a difficult position, especially when we come to the point where the doubles could outweigh the singles very soon. Yeah, except in this episode, we've seen Josh going to people saying, hey, we're going to vote for Sam, we're going to flush the idol. Mm -hmm. And then also saying, oh, this is perfect because they'll never know it was me. It's like, yeah, they're definitely going to know it was you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, don't see, I don't see those peers sticking together unless this was something they they like some editing thing where they didn't show us that sam and mark asked him to do that or something otherwise yeah. i don't see any way that those four stay together 
because knowing that Mark and Sam have one, possibly two idols, if they do stay together, you, then you know you're really giving them a good a good run to the end. Like really getting to the point where you're going to have to make some moves. Yeah, and you're right. We do have two idols left in the game at the final nine, and really it seems like no one's pointing their gun at Mark and Sam at the minute. Um, Mark technically has both idols in the game. And it actually did bring up a point when I was watching it um, earlier this week, at, especially at the Geordie vote, I did wonder if the votes went the way of Sam. Would Mark have actually, if he knew that Sam was being threatened to be voted out, would he have actually played the idols? Because I think it is an interesting position, almost like Tai Trang in Survivor Co-Rong obviously held on to um, that super idol. And I, I think mm-hmm. Mark was almost in a similar position where he might not have played the idol for Sam knowing that he had two idols, um, he had a guaranteed vote on the jury as well, and he was still in a strong enough alliance with the boys, where I think he almost could have gotten away with not playing the idol for Sam and, and letting Sam go out of the game. Yeah, yeah, um, I was thinking about that too, and I was thinking he might have done exactly the same thing because then that makes it even more convincing that they never had that mm. second idol in the first place because yep. you're thinking, well, if they had two, he surely would have played one for her. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows she's going to vote for him. And she's going to be like barracking other people on the jury to vote for him. Like she, I've been really, uh, like I've really noticed the way that she has been trying to, like Jonathan will say something and she'll comment on it and you'll see her like giving Chrissy a look or saying something to Dave about something that he said. Like there was one moment where, um, you know, I think at the end of Tribal Council, you know, how he always says something before they go. And he said something like, like, well, you've got a good alliance, but, good alliances don't really last forever or something and she Mm. says yeah well that's what you say yeah (laughs) i was like like i don't know i didn't really like it like i'm not saying like great move but i noticed it and so if you have her on the jury for you you know the whole time she's going to be like well i don't know about that like yeah i i I honestly thought that might happen too yeah and i think it is a situation where you know you got the uh, blood versus water i mean you got two players left in the game at the final nine, um, $500,000 on the line, two idols. What's the point in wasting one idol when you know that, you know, the vote could be pinned on them in the next episode and it, and it wastes it? And, and as you say, which is something I didn't even consider, it does present the fact that there may have been truth to that rumour of a second idol. Um, so I, I think, yeah, ultimately, if the decision does come down the road, I think it might be best for Mark to hold on to... Um, to hold on to both of those idols if he needs to and really play a ruthless game because it, it's not really going to hurt him, I don't think. This is why I would struggle with blood versus water. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. More, more important things in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd, you'd want to have had some very thorough discussions before you went out about oh, yes. oh, yeah. out yeah. who, what the scenario yeah. would be. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. last thing you want coming out of the survival blood versus water is a divorce, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, it certainly would be ugly, but you're right. You, you do have to have those discussions going into the game and understanding what, you know, different people will do. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure the discussion has come up between them that if the opportunity does present themselves, they are willing to cut one of them for, for the other, but you never really yeah. know because you never really know what people's motivations are because you're right. Blood can be thicker, thick in the water in the game. And that, that is, what this season is here to test. Um, I wonder if Mark would be so happy for it to be cut the other way. Yeah. You know, like yep. that, mm, 
I, I, yep, I can, discussions possibly have been had. Um, but yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Mark would be so happy to. Well, it doesn't make sense to use your idol on me. I'll go out on the jury and vote for you. I wonder if he would think it would make more sense for Sam to go out and support him. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know, you know, not knowing what goes on in someone else's like relationship or survival alliance. That's, that's, oh, no. that's right. Yeah. You know, but that's just I my mean, suspicion that it might be different the other way. Yeah. Yeah, you, you never know. And I, I think that Sam is probably the one that would be, I mean, after her move, though, for to get rid of Jesse, I think that it almost would come back the other way and they'd think that Mark would have a better chance of winning the jury. But it it is interesting, you know, which way would it go and um, how how would it play out? But certainly Mark has, Mark has proven himself to be a challenge beast as well. We saw he did win an immunity challenge in the second episode of the week, which obviously just dispelled a little bit of the... Um, of the target off of him. And there was a funny moment here in the last episode of the week where Chrissy, um, we, we have had some funny moments with Chrissy in the season. She was really struggling with the idea of what, what is this twist called? Is it perjury? Is it the purge? Mm -hmm. uh, eventually I think she figured out it was called the purgatory. Um, and they had this discussion. What does purgatory mean? Of course, purgatory being that state between, well, that state of nowhere where you have to sort of repent your sins before going to heaven or, you know, coming back into the game of Survivor, reflecting on your mistakes. Um, and that is something that plays out here with the formidable six ultimately sticking together. Disappointing to see Noah make big moves, especially when we had all this talk with the promos of Juicy Dave's juicy move, which never really eventuated. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure might. if you recall. It still might. Come on. Yeah, it, it's, it, it still might happen. It's but going. I'm not sure if you recall from, from Nick's Can season, uh, season one, Sue's big move, if you recall that, there was do, a lot of I don't Sue's, Sue's big, big move. move. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've brought that up many times this season. I, I always love to bring it up. Australian Survivor promised massive things and then it never really lands at all. Um, but I think we could see Juicy Dave really make a big move in this next episode. We never really know. Um, but, yeah, we, we did. We did. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I'm, I, I, I'm suspicious because as far as I know, he doesn't know much about Survivor. Mm -hmm. and he's That's really so, and like he's he's learning like for sure um but even in some of the sort of social engineering he was trying to do around the idol and things i don't know i just i don't have that much faith that dave's going to pull off some like epic um game-based move but maybe happy yeah. to be proven wrong i'm just my suspicion is that um that's not gonna i haven't seen the good so far to make me think that's very likely yeah, well, I, I hope, given the promos, that we do get to see a Juicy Dave big move. Um, but you're right, he, he doesn't, from what we know, have that um, understanding of the game at its whole. It, it seemed like from the early days it was Brianna's desire to go on the show and that's why David was there. Um, but certainly it would be nice to see and it's it's just disappointing to see, despite all this big talk around getting rid of Mark and Sam, splitting up the power couple or even getting rid of Josh, or, Josh and Jordan, um, this formidable six stuck together to get rid of well, Jordy and then KJ and then Michelle in the game. Um, and ultimately, really, I mean, at that point, if Purgatory wasn't in play, Juicy Dave and Chrissy, I think they probably would have been safe, but Josh and Jordan, I'd imagine, would be screwed if Mark and Sam, knowing they probably have the better relationship with David and and, um, and Chrissy and having two idols, mm -hmm. it probably would have been riding on the wall for Jordan and Josh at that point. Yeah, well, I think... Chrissy and Dave probably each think that they're going to be the third person in the final three with, with yeah. probably with Mark and Sam. And they might think, 
that the jury is going to be really angry at Mark and Sam and they'll they'll get the vote. I mean, just guessing, I've got no idea what they're thinking. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, just too much of a mystery. Yeah, yeah, that's you've right. Got, you've got to think that's what those guys are thinking. They just tuck in and then they like get to the end. But like I like I was saying, like I said in my season, like just getting to the end isn't anything. Okay, it's not that it isn't anything. Um, my biggest fear playing Survivor was that I would get to the end and then at the mm -hmm. final tribal, people would say to me, why are you even here? Yeah, You know, I, I'm not even going to ask you a question because you're just the third person at the final tribal. Like you're not even yeah. in contention. You know, you made it to the end, but like to, to what result? And yeah, I just I'm thinking Chrissy and Dave might be getting in that situation, but I don't know. Yeah, which is hard to say because I mean everyone has their idea of how they're playing the game, and I think it is legitimate to make it all the way to the end. And um, no one goes to the to the end of the game without deserving to be there, um, because ultimately it's a, it's the social relationships that get you there. Um, and you know, finishing second or third, or fourth or fifth or whatever position. Um, if you if you do what's best in your mind um, yeah. for your game, that means you're a winner in my books. I mean, I, I looked at Survivor, mm -hmm. Survivor 42. I'm sure you watched the first episode. Zach obviously tried as hard as he could, but at least he played the game. At least he went out there and did what he set out to do. Um, and I think that's, you know, all that matters in the end. But, yeah, you're right. I do worry that um, David and Chrissy see themselves as that third person and someone that will, you know, come to the end simply because, I don't know, they, they cut each other or they win immunity in the end and they have a shot. Uh, I think they're almost scared to go out making big moves at seven. Yeah. Um, they're, they're more scared to go out making a big move at seven than, you know, ending the game in third without doing anything. I think that's sort of the mindset they're in at the moment. Yeah, and they everyone, might see themselves getting there. Yeah, everyone has to decide for themselves what they want to get out of the game before they go in, you know. Mm. And some people just want the experience. Some people you know, want to like represent their community or make their family proud or some people only want to win, you know, it's a variety of reasons. And, and those reasons are all valid. And maybe you just do want to get like the highest place. But um, I just know for myself, I would have felt much happier finishing like ninth if I'd gone out trying to do a big move than finishing third and just getting like whitewashed. Like, so it's really, you know, what comes down to, you know, individual people. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like rubbish anyone's games or motivations. I just, I, I wonder if Chrissy mm. and Dave, maybe because of their, like both of them, actually I don't think really super understand the game just from, I, I only know them from like their program. Yeah, I, I think that they're, they're both, neither of them are fans of the game going forward and Croc yeah, so and it, Brianna were the fans, yeah. Yeah, so it's not out of the question that they could think, you know how, um, I don't know if, um, I don't know if Jonathan says it, but Jeff says, Wow, you know, final eight, one in eight chance of winning the game. And mm. I always think that's crap. It's not the that, case. You do yeah. not have a one in eight chance of winning the game. You know, like two people have a really good chance of winning the game and the rest of you mm. maybe none at all. And um, yeah, and I wonder if Matt, uh, Chrissy and Dave are falling into this. Oh, you know, one in three chance. Like, oh, if I get to the end, I'm going to do a really good job of explaining my thing and just not have that, that sort of knowledge of the history of the game to sort of see the depth that might be needed to really. But I don't know. Who, like, I, I hope they're really happy with where they end up and proud of what they did. And yeah, it's just you know they can do what yeah. they want to do. It's just not what not that's, what I would do. That's right. And no, you're right. People do have different desires going into the game. I think for Bri uh, for David, it was probably I don't want to speak for David, but it seemed like he wanted to be there for Brianna and help Brianna yeah. achieve this this goal of hers. Um, yeah. 
and then for him probably to do Brianna Proud and make it as far as possible and yeah, experience exactly. all these things. Um, yeah, I mean, so like, it, having, it is hard to you, say. Yeah. Yeah, having your dad like make it to the final three, like that's cool. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. if I was in a Minecraft tournament and um, my son got kicked out of it, I'd try my mm -hmm. best to like do the best Go as far Minecrafting as you can. Yeah. I could do. <laughs> if I didn't really know what I was doing, like it's sweet. You know, and yeah. uh, if Chrissy or Dave ever watch my season, they might just be like absolutely horrified. <laughs> yeah. be like, oh my gosh, she did what? Wow, winning is not worth being so deceitful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I, I think that's, that is something that people grapple with on Survivor. Do they want to, you know, I mean, putting yourself in the public spotlight, do you want to be known as someone that um, deceives and makes all these big moves? Obviously, it's a game, it is contained to the island or the outback or wherever you are. It doesn't reflect who you are and what you do outside of the outside of the game, um, but I, I think that perception might be something that hurts people who aren't as big a fan of, of the show. And it's yeah, it, it is something um, that people grapple with. But yeah, I, I do like your point about the one in eight chance to win a game. It's like flipping a coin, and you know, one time it might be fifty fifty. Then the second time you flip a coin, you know, it's not necessarily fifty fifty chance of getting the heads. Uh, you know, the the um, the percentages of winning in the game shift. Oh, it's sort of As a, it goes on. It's, it's, it depends if you're trying to predict it ahead of time. But, yeah. Um, that's that's after, right, yeah. Yeah. After um, after my season, someone who played on my season with me um, came up to me and said, like, um, oh, I can't believe what you did. Um, your family's going to be so embarrassed. But, uh, it's so ashamed of you. Like, um, you know, New Zealand's going to think you're a horrible person and all this stuff. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, I don't really care what you think. It's mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> And it was fine. That's, that's that's right. I mean, no one do... no one said anything to me about it. But um, you know, that for <laughs> yeah. that person, the things I did in the game were, you know, just beyond the beyond the pale. They couldn't they couldn't even start to understand. Yeah, you know, that's right. And I think time. people people have different perceptions of you know what they can do. And I, I think some people care more about what others think, and others just say, oh, "I did what I did, and I, you know, did what was best for me and my family." And I think that's um, ultimately, what people like you go onto the show with the goal of doing, um, Tony Vlachos, of course, in, in Survivor US, mm -hmm. he always goes out, plays balls to the walls, not afraid of what anyone thinks about him. Um, of course, I don't think anyone dislikes him because he's such a fun character. Um, but I think people can respect um, players that go hard. And then you also get players, uh, you know, fans who don't respect it as well. And I think that's perfectly valid. I mean, it all comes down to what your perception of um you know, of playing the game Survivor and what the best way to do it is. Yeah. Um, you know, going the, um, all the way back to Richard Hatch. Yeah. On the Survivor New Zealand Facebook page, um, a lot of people thought I was a really bad person, but um, did not care. You know, on yeah. the Survivor Sucks page, everyone thought I was super cool. So that was yeah. sort of like more my target yeah. audience, you know, like that's, yeah. that's more my community than <laughs> the people who got angry at me for voting out, you know, all the athletic guys or something. Yeah, I know, I know. I know it goes the same way for people who don't make moves, and they get unfortunately get a lot of hate for not making moves as well, which is unfortunate. Because yeah. I think, yeah, as as to what we're saying, people will get different things out of the show. They'll have different goals, and some people might mm -hmm. think that the path they're taking is the best path. And for yeah. some, as we saw with Mel and Michelle, they're just not getting shown enough, so we don't know that perspective of the game. We're only really seeing one view. Um, it's always hard to compress forty eight days, twenty four different viewpoints into one one hour episode a week or three three episodes a week uh, in australian survivors instance but yeah is it, is it as hard as they make it though you know i mean it, sh it shouldn't I, be as hard you're right I've you're right it shouldn't be as hard before, 
and you know having a little checklist next to the screen of all the people and being like um oh gosh who's this person haven't put anything of them in here for god eight weeks now times you know like i don't know i just think every every episode everyone should you know you're giving those confessionals all the time i heard um Mm. uh gerald Gerald last week say you know i was giving confessionals all the time (laughs) you know they've got the I've got the footage, but I mean, they must be on a really big time crunch. Is maybe another part of it as well. Yeah, I think Australian Survivor is. Uh, I think there's only a couple months between each season airing, so that might be why. Um, but then again, Survivor Cambodia in the US, they literally filmed that and came straight back and, and it aired. Um, yeah. Survivor so, New Zealand, they started editing yeah. it before it finished. Yeah, that was the same with Australian Survivor Season 1 as well. They um, they edited it before it finished, which is where that mystery edit of Christy winning came from because I just didn't expect it. Um, but, yeah, I, you're right. Every person should get a confessional, in my view. Um, yeah, like it's, it, it's, it's, it's is an easy thing to do, easy thing to do because there's always yeah. they always get you to do, conf- like, yeah, you're saying, like, super important confessionals, but they always get you to do the stuff like, what did you think when you saw the challenge? How did you find the challenge? What's life been mm. like around camp? So even if they just had a different person every week saying, wow, when I got to the challenge and I saw that it was wrestling, I thought, uh-oh, I'm not good at wrestling. Like, yeah, I've got, I've got little, everyone little saying like that. that. <laughs> just like yeah. cut it in, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they, they've got the footage, but it just isn't there. But at the end of this week, we do see the Purgatory Challenge. Um, Geordie, Shay and KJ obviously winning their way back into the game, unfortunately for Michelle. She finds her place in the jury. And I'll, I'll bring up a little chart of the remaining players in the game. So we're down to nine players now, Lisa. Um, two pairs left with Mark and Sam um, and also Jordan and Josh and five singles remain in the game. Obviously, we got Shay, Geordie and KJ returning from Purgatory um, and Chrissy and David. I'll, I'll say they are um, they are the minions of the formidable six at this point in the game. Um, what do you think is the best move going forward, let's say, for these players returning from Purgatory? Uh, do you think it's the right move to target Mark and Sam at this point? or Because I, I, I'm not sure whether Geordie will actually um, – no, I, I don't think anyone will want to work with Geordie in the game because I think that people will view him as being someone who paints a massive target on Jordan and Josh, Mark and Sam, always painting a target on the next big meat shield, that I think he won't be able to rally those numbers because I think for Geordie to pull off what's, what he wants to pull off, he needs to bring in a power couple at this point. And I think that's got to be Jordan and Josh. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it, this stuff is so hard because we don't know what people think of Jordan. We, we don't know what people yeah. think of Jordan. We don't know what people think of Josh. You know, people might want to take Jordan to the end because he's alienated so many people, or they might be terrified of taking him to the end. And depending on what they think, it's entirely different moves to everyone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the I think the three need to stay together because yes, yep. they might each be thinking, Oh, um, okay, well if I can somehow take over the Chrissy and Dave spot, I'll be the person in the final three. But they though they have not built the resume. But it's it's hard mm. to say that because the only reason why I say that is because they haven't been shown in the edit. So as far That's as I'm right. concerned, from an editing point of view, there's no way Shay or Chrissy or KJ win. Because if we just yeah. If they won, it'd be like, what on earth? Yeah, you know, and Shay, Shay was actually Shay was actually my preseason winner pick, but I I do think I agree with you. At this point, it seems like 
honestly, Mark or Sam is going to win. Yeah. Um, and it, se- it seems like that's the perspective we're getting at this point. Um, I think to your point of the three sticking together, I do think it's going to be an uphill battle for them to try and get those numbers simply from what we're seeing on the game. I do think it might be an, an instance of um, first one back in, first one out again. Um, I I do worry that Chrissy and David are going to be satisfied with being third or fourth and not yeah. be willing to make that move. And I think Jordan and Josh probably think their relationship with Chrissy and David is probably closer than what they might think. Um, or maybe yeah. the opposite with Mark and Sam. Maybe they might think they're closer with Chrissy and David when in reality they're closest with Jordan and Josh. It's As you say, it is hard to read, you know, where people stand in the game, what their best path is at this point because we're not seeing that much of it outside of Mark and Sam. Yeah. I mean, if it were me, if it were me and just, just only knowing what I know from watching it on TV, I would Shay, KJ and jo- uh, Jordy stick together and they need mm-hmm. to provide, like, another group option for Chrissy and Dave. So, yeah. like... You know, Chrissy and Dave need to know to go over to swap. And the thing is that KJ and Jordy and Shay, they don't have some big alliance. They're not people that have worked together. It's not a pre-existing group. So if Chrissy and Dave go over there, they might have some idea that they could find a spot in that group. You know, it could, right. like Chrissy, Chrissy could yeah. go with the girls. Dave could go yeah. with Shay and KJ. Like, who knows? Whereas it's an existing situation with the four or the two and Chrissy and Dave will know they'll never be one of the top of that group but that's right yeah yeah I think for Chrissy and Dave I think for Chrissy and Dave they need to figure out um one which which of the two power couples they're closest with um and I think Geordie Shay and KJ really need to hint at that and say well look we've got another power couple who you don't have any relationship within the game you want to go with this power couple to the end let's get rid of one of them and that gives you more agency in the game so that you can get rid of a market and sam down the line and and try and work your way into that final two i think ultimately at this point the best decision is to weaken those power couples and you know try and weaken that influence a little bit so that the yeah. singles have more power but yeah it but may be easier said do, than done even if they do that though like so let's say they weaken mark and sam by getting out sam well then you know, Mark probably gets to the end with Sam on the jury, yeah. you know, and then so like for Chrissy and Dave, it's actually better to be at the end with uh, like any any mix. If they go to the end with Mark and Sam, if, like let's say Chrissy goes to the end with Mark and Sam, she might be thinking that the vote will be split, but it won't be mm-hmm. because people will work out ahead of time if they're going to vote for Mark or Sam, you know. Yeah. And then, so then she's thinking, oh, well, maybe it's better if it's Chrissy and Dave and one of Mark or Sam. That's bad as well, because then the other person will be on the jury voting for them and Mark and Sam will still get the votes. Like, it's just, it's just if they understand that any of those situations is a no win for them. And if they even want to win, if they even think, if that even is their goal. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a final two. So... I don't no, think, unless, yeah, Australian Survivor has had a final two um, basically every season, which is another gripe of the show because I, I much prefer a final three because it does give, you know, an, an alternative option. Um, I think it will be a final two at the end. Yeah. Who was the final two last year? I thought it was, um... oh, uh, sorry, so, um, sorry, All Stars. All, all stars. I, I wasn't going to spoil yeah. that for you because I know you haven't seen Brains vs. No, Brawl. I, I have uh, seen All Stars, all stars yeah. All Stars final two was um, David and Sean were the final two on that season, and, um, and I think it was go out. Who was? 
I'm trying to think who was the person that was cut before the end. Um, it was Moana. Um, it was Moana. You're right. It was Moana. But I yeah, thought she was right. in the final three. No, no, she wasn't. But as Marcus oh. Evans is saying here, it's it's pretty much a final three. Um, but yeah, it final okay. two at the end of the day. Um, yeah, Mar- Marcus Evans always contributing to the live chat. Always great to have him <laughs> around. Um, but yeah, final two. Um, so yeah, the question will be. You're right. There won't be a split. Oh, well, if it's a final two, then 100%. You can't let yeah. any. Cut I've someone. I've been going Cut off someone. the wrong basis this whole time. Yeah. But, you, but how again, have these made it so far? Chrissy and David, they don't know that either, it seems, because as we said before, they're not the biggest fans of the show. They might not know that it's a final two and not a final three. It would um, be in though. It would be. You're right. But then again, you don't, I don't know, we saw it in Survivor Micronesia season 16. You don't know what the Australian Survivor contract is like. Uh, when I was speaking yeah, with, with, with past contestants, I think the contract is pretty pretty thin and it doesn't say too much in it, honestly. Um, but you're right. You, you would think ahead of time you would know, but Survivor, Australian Survivor especially, love to be unpredictable. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here on out with Shay, Jordy, and KJ and whether they can uh, worm their way back into the game. Um, and I, I do hope we see a big move, um, just like you. We, we <laughs> yeah. really hope Juicy Me Dave too. makes a big move this week and, and we do get um, a, a little bit of a shake-up. Um, so, yeah, re- really looking forward to Australian Survivor. And next week um, we will have the lovely Wei Chim on the podcast, Wei being from Brains vs. Brawn. Um, always mm-hmm. great to have her on the podcast. Really looking forward to that one. Uh, Lisa, before we go... Uh, obviously, we've got another season of Survivor on the air as well, Survivor 42 in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a chance to catch the premiere and what were your thoughts? Yes, I certainly did. I make it a big, big priority in my life, Thursday yep. Survivor. Um, what are my thoughts? I love the cast. Um, I'm so happy they're having more diversity in casting. It just makes yeah. it, oh my gosh, so good. Um, I... Um, don't like all the advantages and twists and things like that because yeah. um, it's, it's already covered. I like to keep it a bit more vanilla and let, really let the players shine. Um, yeah, that's all. I'm sort of excited to see how they're going to, how they may have learned from the twists. Like I liked at the start mm. how Jeff said, oh, you know, we've kept some of the twists, but we've changed some of them. We've tried to learn from them. I mean, that's cool. Um, yeah, disappointed to see Jackson go. Um, yeah. yeah. And Zach because, you know, super fans. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, it was it was a tough position for both Jackson and production to be in. Really unfortunate um, for anyone to have their journey cut short. Um, but I, I think Jackson did seem content with the experience he got out of the game, which is great to see. Um, I think yeah. for, for everyone to know they've at least had that experience. And yeah, as we said with David and Chrissy, everyone wants to get something different out of the game. Mm, yeah, um, I was hoping that Jeff would say to them that they could um, come back for the next yeah. season, but he yeah. did not and say I that. Hope, but yeah. they have had a few. They're sort of building up another bank of people that have left a little bit early. So I'm hoping yeah. that we might see that in future seasons. Yeah, well, we saw it in Philippines with um, Scoop and Penna and uh, Russell, Russell Swan, Swan. Um, returning. Yeah, so yeah, may- maybe we'll see another. Um, you know, maybe. Terry Dietz, Pat Cusack from David vs. Goliath and Jackson, something like that. I don't know. It's, it is it is always nice to see people get second chances. And I suppose on the topic of second chances, 
if you ever, I mean, you, you got the most out of your first appearance, um, but let's say they ever did an international winners at war or a, um, or a war of the worlds sort of season, would you ever be open to returning again? Um, I, I think so. But the difficulty for me is, like I said at the start of the podcast, I've really changed a lot as a person since mm. I was on Survivor. So I'm a bit worried that if I played, like if I played now, there'd be a real tension. I think I would find it a lot harder to lie. And I think I would, it was like, it's quite a punishing experience. And even though I did win, one of the things I regret, like I was, I was so close in that season to just sort of throwing away my game and just going to the yeah. end with people that I really liked. And I don't know, I think if I played now, I might do that even more. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of an internal struggle. Not sure. Not sure. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. yes, because it's Survivor, but I don't know if I would uh, be the same. Might not be so yeah, I'd love I'd love to see Australian Survivor casting open up to Kiwis in the future because it would be really nice to see you guys get an opportunity. It's very sad that um, you guys, after only two seasons, got your show cut short. I mean, the first season, I always say it's the worst I've ever seen in Survivor, all versions of the English-speaking show. Um, but Ooh. certainly the second season was a big improvement. Um, second season was a big improvement on the first one. And, you know, I... Hopefully one day TVNZ or another network can get their act together and pick it back up. But yeah, there's really only one network in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> TVNZ. Yeah, yeah, well, let's. Yeah, um, yeah well, the people who made Survivor New Zealand really like Survivor, and mm. especially in season two, they really found their feet. And it's a a beautiful season of Survivor. I think. I know I'm biased, but I, I think they they made a good season. You know, they cast people who were there to play, and they got so many of the notes right. Yeah. And in an international season, it's it's hard to, because you, you, you're not American Survivor. You sort of have to be your own thing, but you have to bring in enough of it to make it. It's, it's what South Africa does so well, although South Africa sort of, they're, they're their own beautiful thing as well. But, yeah, mm. New Zealand Survivor, yeah. I, I, I would like to see it again for sure. Um, I blame the winner. I think maybe if, a, <laughs> if, you know, if one of those athletic guys had won, more people would have got yeah. behind it. Yeah, let, let's let's blame Lisa for cancelling Survivor New Zealand. <laughs> That's um not not Treasure Island or whatever show it was that Celebrity that Treasure it. Island. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting for the call for that. Well, may, maybe one. Maybe if you play Australian Survivor, you might get a um a call as a celebrity on <laughs> on Celebrity Masterchef or something. Celebrity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm, my cooking's like worse than my athletic prowess, so I don't know. I don't think I would last long on either show. Uh, I think there's some pretty atrocious cooking in survivor as well uh people burning the burning the beans and the rice all the time i'm sure that's a point of contention in camp um no nah, because i don't know i don't know what happens in australian survivor but like you don't have much variety so you get pretty used to doing it yeah. like it's pretty sure to do it in your sleep i don't really know how it can go too wrong it's pretty pretty yeah yeah hard, hard to screw up boiling rice i, I do recall in survivor yeah. token chains there was that instance with coach saying everyone was cooking the cooking the beans wrong but um, I, I think in Survivor, every little thing can tick you off, right? Yeah, it can. It can if you let it, yeah. for sure, because you really, you're in a state of like extreme physical suffering and you, you have about this much room for any. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really rough. It's really rough. Um, before yeah. we finish, there was something I wanted to say yep. that we haven't had a chance to say, and it's just that I love Michelle and Mel. I love them so yeah. much. Yes, yes. I want them to come and visit me in Christchurch. I want to talk about Survivor with them. I want to follow them on social media. I want to play with them. I just want to do everything. But um, 
yeah, we did not see enough of them. But the bits we have seen, I'm just like, oh my gosh, these are exactly the people I like. Yeah, well, I, I think from my and, understanding, uh, um, Michelle and Mel certainly have the same good connections with the cast and the wider community. I know Michelle was up in Queensland last week with Gerald and Juicy Dave. Yeah, I um, heard that. I was for jealous. A, for a party up there. And then Nina is in, in Australia now, and I know Nina and Michelle have been hanging out a fair bit. Um, yeah, it is a shame we don't get to see more of them. And um, we, we've been on, big fans on the podcast of Michelle and Mel. I mean, mainly for the fact they haven't got any airtime and we just wanted to see more. Um, but it's, you know, it is a shame that we don't get to see more of them. But, yeah, uh, they do seem like 11 people. All this cast um, seem lovely. And I think the thing about Survivor um, and the community is that the castaways, like yourself, are always willing to reach out and um, and come on a podcast like this. And we, we really appreciate that you coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And hopefully we can do it in the future um, with South Africa or maybe Survivor New Zealand coming back. Um, fingers <laughs> crossed on that one. But I, well, I'll, I, I, I'll won't, I won't hold my that. breath. So I can't. You're going to be the host. Yeah, that's right. Cheesy is cheesy is completely gone off the face of the planet. So, you know, you you might be. What am I suggesting? um, No, no, don't worry. I can't, I can't possibly (laughs) suggest replacing that Chisholm. I will be the co-host. Yeah. Well, I I don't think Cheesy would. I I think he just got a bit um, overwhelmed by the limelight or at least what I've read. No, no, he um, he would because he's, he's, he's still host to Liberty Treasure Island. Okay. I I didn't even know who was. Okay. I, I thought he'd just completely done a, done a clean Haskell and just gone into the woods and just, Living off the group, but okay, there you go. Yeah, well, well he, he you won't be replacing Chizzy then. But no, he still does um, TV. He does a lot of good work around like depression and um, farming communities, and yeah, no, he still hosts TV and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, if they did a third season, I would never dream of replacing him. Any um any social media or causes or anything you want to plug? Um, just my um my Twitter's at Lisa Stanger, um, S T A N G E R. Um, yep so that's the really the only place I ever do anything Um, and this isn't really a cause I want to plug but it's just something that happened Um, so I live in Christchurch in New Zealand and today's the like third anniversary of the um, mosque attack that happened Mm. down here Um, 51 people died Um, it was a yeah big tragedy big tragedy for the community for the country for the whole world really and um, yeah so if anyone is interested in you know donating to that or you know, just looking up anything about it or anything like that, um, you know, I really appreciate it. It's just, um, yeah, I know this is just a, you know, small survivor podcast, but, you know, anything we can do to help make things a little bit better, um, I'm all behind. Yeah. And it's just been like a, you know, it's been a day in Christchurch today because it was a real, real tragedy. We lost all those people. But, mm, yeah, no, that, was... that's my only thing to plug. Yeah, it was big tragedy. I know Christchurch certainly suffered a lot over the last really 15 years, um, especially 2011 earthquake as well. How I, mm-hmm. I haven't been to Christchurch um, in a long time. How is the rebuild going? Is things are still um, pretty, pretty good, but there's still like you can still tell there's been an earthquake. <laughs> like there's yeah. still absolute tons of like empty buildings and things yeah. like that. So um yeah, it's slow, but um we're getting there. Yeah, well, def- definitely go follow um, Lisa on Twitter. Um, check her out there. And Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. As I said, next week uh, we will have Wei Chim on the show. Uh, it should be on Wednesday night, I think 8.30 p.m., um, but certainly make sure you subscribe to the channel and um, have your notifications turned on for that one um, so you can find out when and where that is. Um, and also Survivor 42 coverage, the Survivor buffs, Adam and Gideon, are continuing to cover um, this season. The next episode will be in, what, two days? And I'm really excited to see how that goes. Um, Determine who goes home next. Uh, Any predictions on who the next boot will be, Lisa? 
Oh, um, no. No, I, I don't either, honestly. I was hoping you had something. There's three tribes as well. So it's like, yeah. um, like what even tribe? But I do think um, Drea is in a bit of a dicey situation. And I oh. think Roxroy as well isn't really making any friends. He's like sort of a bit in a classic early boot situation. But Well, see, because I was about to do my power rankings um, and I was going to put Drea in number one because she's got two Avengers now. But it's, um, I mean, pe- people perceive things differently. So mm. y- you never quite know. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And as I said, uh, Adam and Gideon will be there to recap it all. I'm not sure if they'll have a guest this week, um, but provided things go as normal, it should be up a day after um, the episode airs on the Survivor Buffs YouTube channel. So definitely check it out. And as always, guys, thank you for joining us on the live stream. We hope we see you guys next week. And we will catch you then with Way next week for what is, I think, episode 18 and 19 coming up or... Actually, no, 19 and 20. 19, we're getting, we're getting near, okay. yeah, getting, getting near the yeah. end of the season. I think three more weeks to go. Um, <laughs> and I think the season will finish, uh, gosh, the week before Easter, I think, the Monday before Easter, I think is going to be the finale. Um, we will have a very special guest. I think the the T-shirt might, uh, if I get my mic out of the way, that might give some hints as to who we might have on, this, on the finale podcast. Um, Luke Toki at the moment, we're confirming dates around that. Um, but fingers crossed we can get him on for the podcast. It's always fun having him. Anyway, we'll wrap it up here, guys, and thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.